Greetings, family, and welcome to Bad Thought Therapy. I am Sheree Hardy, and I am so grateful that you have decided to tune in. I pray that this podcast is uplifting, inspirational, empowering, all of those positive things. And so before I forget, please email me if you have any questions or you have a comment you'd like to make at badthoughttherapy at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to be a guest, I would love to have a conversation with you. Um, Just email me. Again, the email address is badthoughttherapy at gmail.com. So today I'm going to be talking about anger management. Anger management. um, We all struggle with different emotions and some of us struggle with anger more than others. And anger by itself is not necessarily a bad thing. It's all about what you do with your anger. It's about have you learned how to manage or to control your anger. Anger can be a good thing. Sometimes we should be angry about things that we see going on in our communities or in our world. But it's about what you do with the anger. Anger can be used to do something constructive, you know, it can ignite a fire in a person and help that person to become an advocate for a cause. So anger by itself is not necessarily bad, but it's when people don't know how to manage that anger or control that anger, as sometimes people say, is when it becomes a problem. So I'm doing this because I've been off for about a week And I just thank God that I had a chance to just break because I hadn't had a break in a long time. For those of you who know me, I was a full-time educator for over 30 years. And at the end of my career, I started a business. So at one point, I was like a full-time educator, full-time business owner, and I had to let something go. And so now I mainly spend, you know, most of my professional life as a business owner, decided to take off. And caught up on some reading and caught up on some movies. I hadn't really watched movies like I used to because of my schedule. But I saw quite a few good movies. And one of them inspired me to do this podcast on anger management. This movie is a Nigerian movie. And I am a huge Nigerian movie buff. I started watching them about 20 years ago. And, um, of course, like I said, I didn't have a lot of time to watch these movies. But I saw this one movie... I'm not going to give the title. It was on Netflix. I have to warn you, I am going to give some spoilers. But as I was watching the movie, the thing that kept resonating with me is how anger can cause people to do some of the most horrific and heinous things. And so this movie is based on something that is actually going on in Nigeria right now. They do have a problem with terrorist groups um, one of the things that this, these terrorist groups do, mainly the main one, they kidnap girls. And it is so, so heart-wrenching. Um, these girls are kidnapped, they're brutalized, they're raped, and sometimes they are released back into society or they do escape. And when that happens, the movie reveals another side um, to this whole story, this whole tragic situation that I didn't even think about. Maybe if the people who grow up in that setting or in that culture would have thought about this, but I had not thought about it. But 
from watching this, I kept saying at the heart of these people's terrorism is just anger. It is pure, unadulterated anger. So in the movie, the main character is this beautiful, selfless, courageous young woman. And unfortunately, she is kidnapped by this terrorist organization, she and her friend and some other girls, um, in addition to some men, because I, I never thought about the fact that they also kidnap and radicalize men. And these men are forced to be in this militia or this, be, do these terrorist acts. But two of the men who become some of the main characters, they do not um, give in and, and do these horrific things. They still maintain their integrity and their character. And so um, it's about her and her friend and these two guys and how their lives intersect. But there's a part of the movie, and this is where I came up with, um, you know, doing the show on anger, was where the terrorist organization's leader gives this kind of diatribe. The young girl, the main character, gets up her courage because she's always thinking about the other girls and you know she was so selfless she was so brave that she got the courage to go and talk to this terrorist leader and doing that was risking her life but when she went in you know he went off on her he did this long diatribe about you know girls shouldn't be able to speak and how you know girls should not should only be marrying and having babies and they shouldn't go to school and how he wanted to destroy the schools and so when i'm listening to this that's when it hit me that at the heart of a lot of the violence that we see in the world is anger people are upset because things happen things are going in a way that they don't want to go in that way and they are angry and so they act on their anger in a negative way because they haven't learned how to manage it or how to transform it into something positive. They act on it in a very negative way. And what I kept thinking was, you know, he was angry about the girls going to school and to be educated. And I kept thinking to myself, if girls go to school and when they go to school and when they get more information, they are more empowered and more equipped to be better wives and to be better mothers and be better leaders but that's not what he wanted that's not how he thought society should be and so that made me think about where anger really comes from now i'm going to say something and you know you might think well that's not true or that's just too simplistic but at the heart of a lot of issues in our society is this one thing that i don't really hear people talking about I don't hear psychologists or therapists talking about it. Um, maybe they are. I don't, you know, I don't keep up with everything. But at the heart of a lot of problems is the idea that people don't know how to handle not having their way. That is why you have so many issues, violence of all kinds in our society. People want to have their way. And their way is wrong, their way is distorted, their way is evil. And when they can't have their way, they decide to act out their terror, their frustration, their issues on other people. And many of those people are innocent. And so at the heart of this was a guy who couldn't have his way. He wanted society to, to be a certain way. He wanted women to have a certain place in society. 
And so I'm going to talk about how you can work through your anger and some things you need to know about anger. You may not have a problem with anger, but you may know someone who does have a problem. So this can be, preferably, this can be a great, um, some great information to help you help that person or something you can share with that person. So we all are emotional beings. As humans, we are emotional. We're, we're wired in a way that we have emotions. And there's nothing wrong with having these emotions. To be human means to be an emotional being. The problem is that when we don't know how to work through our emotions, like anger, like disappointment, grief or frustration, jealousy, these are emotions that we have to learn how to work through. And most of us grow up, we learn how to drive, we might learn how to cook, we learn how to do, how to read and write, but we don't learn how to deal with ourselves emotionally. And that is why we have so many issues. And in the recent, I would say maybe the last 20 years, there have been more research about emotional intelligence. You know, before society kind of focused on intellectual intelligence, but what is starting to come out of some studies, social scientists and other scientists are saying that your emotional intelligence can ultimately determine the quality of your life. It can determine, you know, how high you're going to go in society if you are not a person who learns how to manage your emotions well you are in a very dangerous position because you can hurt yourself or you can hurt others and that's exactly what is happening so this guy didn't he couldn't get his way and that is really when you pull back all the layers that was at the heart of him you know organizing this terrorist organization and and leading these men and convincing these men to do what they did so how do we manage our anger now I have to just come out the gate and say this. When I first came up with the idea, this was years ago, several years ago, I wanted to do a podcast. And I first wanted to do one for students. And I was trying to figure out a way to have a podcast that was non-religious, but spiritual. And I want to emphasize that this podcast is a spiritually based podcast, that the solutions that I offer are going to have a spiritual foundation. But I want to help you to distinguish the difference between spiritual and religious, because some people think that spirituality and religion are synonymous and they are not. Sometimes they are closely related, but not necessarily so. So what do I mean by spiritual? When I talk about spiritual solutions, I'm talking about addressing the intangible things that are inside of you. We are mind, body, and spirit, and there are things going on inside of you that ultimately will determine how you think, what you do, what you say, because a lot of times, you know, there in the recent past, there have been people criticizing, you know, people for dressing a certain way or wearing these so-called bonnets. And when I hear these things, what I realize is that they are addressing something that has to be addressed first on the inside. You're not going to change a person's behavior until you first address the inside. And that's what bad thought therapy is all about. And when I say spiritual and I talk about the intangible things inside, I'm talking about things like your thoughts. 
your beliefs, your values, your attitude, um, your, your feelings, all of these things make up your spiritual self. They're the things on the inside of you that are going on and they come from, they're influenced by many different things, how you were raised, what you have experienced, what you know, all of those things affect what is on in the inside of you. And that's what I want to address. Religion is something that people can practice to get to get stronger spiritually, to get better, but not necessarily so because religion is about um, rituals and traditions and practices. And some of those traditions and practices help people to get stronger spiritually and sometimes they don't. Um, right now, there there is bad religion. That's why a lot of people are turning away from God because they can't separate the spiritual part of themselves from religion. They think, okay, if I, if I believe in God, then I'm religious, but not necessarily so. God is a spirit. And again, um, I'm going to, this is a spiritual podcast. That is the first way to deal with your emotions is by connecting to God, the creator of everything, the creator of you, the creator of this planet, the creator of everything on this planet and in the world. And so when people ask me, you know, how do you deal with anger? I cannot, some people address spiritual things separate from God. It's like they're addressing, you know, the mind, thoughts or feelings or values, but they separate those things from God. I'm a person that believes that you cannot be your best self, your best spiritual self, your best physical self or any way without a connection to God. God is the English word or the old Celtic word that we use for the creator of everything. And so the first way to to begin to work on yourself from the inside out is to make that connection with God. It is not to do something religious or to read a religious text or to go to a religious setting the first thing you have to do is make the connection. So some of you may want be wondering, well, how do I make the connection? Well, the first way is very simple. You have to talk to God. We call that prayer, but you have to talk to God. Prayer is not necessarily re- religious. It is spiritual. It is a conversation between you and the creator of everything. We know that Man didn't make the sun, man didn't make the planets, the stars, the moons, none of that. And that there is something, there's a being, we call him God, that has created everything, including you. And in order to get better, to be a better you and to get better and to grow, you have to make the connection with God. You have to turn off everything. You're going to have to turn off your phone, your television, your music. And you're going to have to, we have to get away sometimes from people, even the people that we love. We need time alone, solitary time where it's just us and God. And there is this intimacy and we have to find a quiet place and we have to talk to God. But what is also just as important, we have to listen to God. And you cannot hear the voices even in your heart when there is a lot of noise and there's confusion and there's all this chaos around you. And that is why 
the first way to begin to deal with your anger and to begin to deal with not having your way, not getting everything you want is by making the connection with God. And I'm going to tell you what that connection is going to do. That connection is going to change your life. Because once you connect with God and you allow yourself to open your mind and open your heart. And I have to say this, God is not a gangster. He does not make you do anything. He is not going to put a gun to your head and make you serve him or make you worship him. God is a spirit and he is a gentleman. And so you have to open up your mind and open up your heart to be able to receive the instructions that he wants to give you, the guidance that he wants to give you. And what you what what will happen when you do that, as you spend more time with him, you'll be able to surrender to his will and not your own. There's so many people out there. They want the relationships to be a certain way. They want people to act a certain way. They they want the world their way. But this is not their world. This is not our world. This is God's world. And man, when I say man, I mean mankind, human beings did not make this world. And what I find very interesting, I was on Twitter recently and I noticed that, you know, something was trending and some kind of way I did a little, almost got into the rabbit hole of trying to, you know, see what this was all about. And what I noticed from doing my little search that a lot of people are very open about, or they have to make an announcement that they're agnostic or that they're atheists, that they don't believe in God. And I noticed on one person's page, they had atheists and humanists, which is really an oxymoron. You can't be a humanist and not believe in God. And I find it so interesting that they have to make that announcement to the world or to people, but they're not talking to God, you know. And so if, if you have a question about anything, about understanding your world, understanding yourself, you can go to the maker of everything and you can talk to him and maybe no one ever told you that because again most of us grew up are learning about religion you know religion is all about ordinances and and practices and traditions and you've got to do certain things a certain way but i'm telling you that god is requiring you to connect with him and that's it that connection will then tell you okay where you need to go or what you need to listen to or what you need to read or the people you need to fellowship with all of that will come but first you must make that connection and once you make that connection and you say you know what i and you go to him with a sincere heart and you say god i, I need you to reveal yourself to me i'm tired i've tried to understand things and i just want to surrender to you and I'm hurting, you will feel the connection because he is real. You will begin to feel something on the inside, but you have to declutter your life. You have to, you know, go through this solitary time. You have to turn off that phone and go to the throne. You have to seek him out. You have to draw close to him because he's not a gangster. He's not going to put it, you know, he's not going to make you do it. And that's the hard part that a lot of people cannot accept. You know, they'll say, well, I don't believe in God because if God was real, well, then why are these bad things happening in the world and this and that? God does not rape people. God does not murder people. He does not kidnap people. 
He does not enslave people. He does not rob people. People do that. And you know why people do that? Because they are not connected to God. They are not trying to seek God's face or, or do anything the creator's way. They are, they're going against nature. They're going against God. They're going against humanity because their thinking is distorted. Because you cannot be right. You cannot get your thoughts right. You cannot get your values right, your attitude right. All of those intangible things on the inside right until you make the connection. And so I just want to encourage you, and I want to use this as an example. I use this example with young people when I was a teacher. Most of us understand how a laptop works. It works just like other electronic devices. We plug it up and we connect it to a source of power, electrical power, and it'll work. But a laptop has a battery as well. And even when we unplug the laptop from the electrical source, that battery will allow us to use that laptop for a while. You are just like that. When you're not connected to God, you're not connected to the source of all power, you may be able to function for a while. You may, in, in human terms, you're not going to necessarily die, but you are not living your best life. You're not living life to the fullest because you are not connected. So you cannot be your best and overcome anger and other negative emotions without having that connection. So I encourage you, if you know someone who struggles with anger, encourage them to get in a quiet place, to turn off all of these electronic devices. I'm so concerned because, you know, our phones and other electrical devices are video games and all of this. And I was a teacher for last, you know, last couple of years. And I just saw how these things without having a healthy mindset about them can take over and they're being very destructive. And so we have to be so careful that we spend our time and seek God first before we do anything and everything to spend time when we first wake up. I, you know, I, I just cannot tell you how your day will be different and how you will feel if you just wake up and you focus on the fact you could, you know, that God is real and you connect with him. And let me just say this, and this is why, another reason why some people struggle with believing is because God does not change life. He changes us. You know, if you're human, you're going to go through unpleasant experiences. You're going to go through loss. You're going to go through grief. You're going to go through highs. You will go through good things and there will be highs, but there will be lows. And so God doesn't change life. He changes us. And this is an issue for people because, again, it goes back to what I'm going to keep saying throughout this podcast is people want to have their way. And when they cannot have their way, they are going to be upset because they want the world to be theirs and they want their lives to be their own. And that's not the case. Our lives don't belong to us. I can assure you because I've been in the room when someone has taken their last breath that when your when your life when God calls your life you're going and there's nothing that anybody no technology nobody can stop it you know why because it's not your life your life belongs to God and when you give your life and you get your mind and your heart and your soul and you focus it on God first and make that connection 
I'm telling you, it is going to be much easier to get your emotions managed and in check and especially anger. And going back to that movie, when the guy went off on, you know, had this diatribe about the women. And then in the movie, you had like the main guy that was over the group. And then you had someone who I would say he was like the captain and he really hated women. And he, you know, just seemed to be um, so thoughtless and it was just, brutal. I mean, just wickedness. He would just kill the women and he really wanted to kill that main character. And it angered him when the chief, um, he kind of married this one guy in the main character. And that's going to bring up another issue about that I wasn't thinking about as I was watching this movie. But again, more anger. But anyway, as I was saying, I lost my train of thought. Okay, he was angry. He couldn't have his way. But again, if that main guy, I know what I was thinking about to say, that main guy had connected with God, he would have seen women the way they should be seen. He would understand you cannot bring human life to this earth without a woman. Without a female womb, life wouldn't exist. And yes, I know it takes a man and a woman to come together, but a woman is the one who carries a child. She has a uterus, something a man does not have. And do not let anybody confuse you with all this craziness going on in the world. Human life will not exist without men and women coming together. And God's plan was for men and women to love each other and raise their children. And so this, this guy, if he had seen women the way they should have been seen, Think about this. If God has given women the power to hold and deliver life, then he, the women must be highly esteemed in his world and his kingdom. If he was connected to God, instead of putting down women and trying to oppress them and keep them uneducated and not let them have a voice, he would have done the opposite because the connection with God would have let him know, hey, I need to respect women. Women, you know that you got here because of a woman. And I, I used to teach my students that, you know, I don't care how bad your mother was or how, you know, I hate to say that some mothers were not, you know, motherly. I don't care how, whatever happened with your mother, the fact that she brought you here, she deserves some respect and some honor. And once you make the connection with God, he'll help you to be able to do that. And that was the issue that this man in the movie had. He was not connected to God. So he saw women in a very distorted way. And he was connected to religion. And again, bad religion is what is causing so many people to lose their way. True religion is, is understanding God as a spirit. And you have to connect with him in a deeply spiritual way. Yes, religion can, has the possibility now. It has the possibility to help you grow spiritually if it is good religion but we'll get into that another episode that sometimes is harder and harder to find and i'm a little disheartened because i see many people turning away from god when they don't have to they're confused about religion and spirituality now there are people that are spiritual and i don't know how they do this but they're not connected to god so they'll talk about spiritual things but when they're talking about it, it's disconnected from God. And I'm a person that believes that true spirituality, you have to be connected to the creator of this universe, period. There's nothing else that I can say about that. Once you connect with God, some things are going to happen. And this is going to help you with anger. 
Number one is you'll begin to accept that God is in control. And it's okay if things don't work out the way you think they should. And even though you may go through some hard moments, you accept the fact that that is a part of life. And you try to find the purpose and the lessons from whatever you're going through because you know that he loves you and he does. And I'm here to tell you that if no one has ever told you that and no one has ever said that to you, our Heavenly Father, the creator of everything, loves you. And he wants you to connect with him so that you can have acceptance and have peace. You don't have to try to control life and have your way. You don't have to try to make things be something that they're not supposed to be. And so that's the first thing that will happen. Then that connection will also help you, as I talked about earlier, earlier, it'll help you see people and things the way they should be seen. You see, you'll begin to see humans in the same light as you see God because we're his children, we're his descendants. And so you have to understand that we are, he's our father and we we are his daughters and his sons. And so you'll be able to love your neighbor as yourself because you're connected to God. You can't do that in the right way when you're not connected to God. And I'm not saying you'll be perfect. I'm not saying you'll miss the mark sometime. But if you miss the mark because you're connected, you'll be striving to get it right. You'll be able to apologize. You'll be able to adjust your behavior because when you're connected, you understand how much is how important it is for you to seek his face and to please him. And that your purpose is just very simple. Your purpose is to build his kingdom in the ways that you can. And that's what that connection does. It helps you to accept life. It helps you to treat others better. It shapes your thoughts. You know, when you realize that you are not perfect and God has forgiven you, you can be more forgiving. When you realize that you have been shown compassion by God, you can show compassion to others. Again, you know, I see these people, like I said, on Twitter, and I see these people who are public figures, and they make a point of announcing that they are atheists or they're agnostic. And I'm thinking to myself, you wouldn't even exist. You can't take your next breath without God. Now, you can choose, people choose to override that, but you know that it's something. You can't be that dumb. You know, nobody is that ignorant and stupid to know that man did not make the moon and the sun. That there is evidence that there is a God and that he is real. But the problem is it goes back to what I want to keep emphasizing because you've got to start reflecting and asking yourself, are you, are you in this situation? People want their way. And if they can't have their way, if things don't go their way or look their way, that's an issue. But when you shift your focus and you put it on God, and you understand that this his way, his thoughts are his thoughts and they're higher than ours. They're better than ours. And there are things that no, you're never going to understand. And there are things that happen that are painful, but you know that God is with you. You are able, because God doesn't change life, you're able to deal with it differently. You know, the life of a person who believes and a person who doesn't believe are very, very similar. Because we all go through the same things. I don't care if you're black or white. I don't care if you're rich or poor. I don't care if you're educated or uneducated. Are you religious or non-religious? 
every human being goes through a variation of the same kinds of emotions and same kinds of experiences. We all experience anger, but when you're connected, you're able to be much calmer and you're able to get yourself together. When you stay, you put God first and he's always on your mind, you're able to understand I'm angry, but I'm not going to sin. I'm going to use this anger. I'm going to use what I see that is upsetting me. And I'm going to advocate for rather than advocate against. And I'm going to do a whole podcast on that. Some people spend all their energy and time against something. But I'm going to tell you how you really have power when you start to change something. When you start to fight for and not against. Because it's a different kind of energy involved. But anyway, that's what the connection will do. And... I want to give you some practical things that you can do when you do start to feel your emotions, um, you know, getting out of control or you feel angry about something. Again, there are times when things are happening in our lives that we should be angry about. Sometimes we need to be angry about ourselves, be angry enough to say, I need to make a change. I need to turn this situation around. The issue, again, is not anger. It is, you know, not being able to manage that anger and it's because we are not connected you have to connect i know many of you know what happened in um before i get to these strategies i want to give another example i'm from florida i was born and raised in florida and you probably remember the tragedy that happened at the high school where i want to say um it was over 20 people that were killed i don't know the exact number but a young man went into a high school and he killed shot and killed several people and when you pull back the layers of that story, again, that young man was angry about something. Now, I watched a video of him in an interrogation room with an officer. And it's very interesting, he said, and, and this he's not the first one. There are thousands and thousands of people who have killed and hurt others. And they said this. They said that He said that there was a voice in his head telling him to kill people, telling him to hurt people. I want you to understand that just like God is a spirit, there is a dark spirit and people call him Satan or Lucifer, but there is another spirit. There's a dark spirit too that exists and it's not going anywhere. And so sometimes people are in spiritual warfare. When that young man was saying he heard a voice that was telling him to hurt people, he didn't have to answer the voice. He didn't have to do what the voice said, but without the right connection, You can believe the voice and give in to it. And so that's another benefit of being connected. You will begin to discern, okay, who's telling me to do what? Because the voice is real for some people. If it's not real to you, God bless you. So you better be so glad you don't have to deal with that. But thoughts, again, all behavior starts with thoughts and attitudes and values and beliefs. So all thoughts begin on the inside. That young man had that thought. And he said that the thought came from a voice that was telling him to hurt people. And that is real. And so that connection helps you to understand how to deal with that voice. How to say, you know, you could, you know, literally say, be quiet. I'm not listening to you. I'm not doing that, you know. And that's what you could say. People think that's crazy or that's, you know, idiotic. But guess what? I guarantee if a voice comes and you start talking to it and say, no, I'm not going to do that. Guess what will happen? You won't. You won't be on the six o'clock news. And that young man's life, because he was angry about something, 
is over. He probably would get the death penalty. Those families of the victims, they are never going to be the same. When you lose someone in a tragic way like that, you never, ever forget it. I'm not saying you can't go on with your life, but that is, it is, you're going to have to be connected then because it's so hard, but it didn't have to happen that way. That young man could have been living his life and having his best life ever. And you know what I find interesting? In that case, this young man had had guns and he had been shooting the guns and practicing shooting with these guns and the neighbors, excuse me, nobody said anything. Nobody told him to stop. Nobody said, hey, you know, you've gone too far. There was nothing like that that came out of the story. So again, if you do not learn how to manage your anger and what's going on on the inside, what will happen is you will end up, as that young man I was talking about at that school, you'll end up hurting yourself or someone else. And it doesn't have to be that way. Because God made your life, and he's the only one that can determine when your life is over. He gave you a date of birth, and he will give you a death, an expiration date when it's time. And so that connection allows you to guard yourself from the voices that are telling you to do things. And you know, anytime, and I used to tell this to my students, anytime you're feeling like you want to hurt somebody, you want to hurt yourself, you know you need to go seek out help. And so I want to talk about some things you can do. And that's one of the things that I want to, the first thing I want to tell you is when you feel like on the inside, you're not able to manage what is going on. You should seek out help, even if you make the connection with God. Even that connection, sometimes you need more. Because here it is, you know, I, I'm a, people on different levels. I could talk to God and I can pray and I can have my quiet time and my time of consecration. And it may be enough for me to do that. But for someone else, they, need, they may need more. And I understand this. Sometimes you want to hear a human voice. You want to share with a human. Now, you have to be careful because if you talk to humans, they can repeat what you share. It may be something you don't want shared. They can form judgments. And I think this is why a lot of people are now going to therapists because they just need to get out. Releasing your feelings, releasing your anger is healthy for you. And prayer allows you to do that. But for some people, and I understand this, and there's nothing wrong with that, you've got to talk to a person to get it out. But you have to be careful about to whom you, with whom you share. Because again, with God, you don't have to worry about your business being repeated. You don't have to worry about being judged or scorned. But if you go to people, you know, people say, well, I'm going to my best friend and I'm talking to her or him. But guess what? They can repeat. They can tell somebody what you said and they'll say, well, don't tell anybody. But so-and-so said X, Y, Z. You know, some people are not like that, but you do have to be mindful. But that's one of the ways you can deal with your anger is to release it. Find someone that you can talk to who is wise and who is non-judgmental. And if it has to be a therapist or a life coach or a counselor or a psychiatrist, do that. But again, one of the ways that you can release is by making the connection and praying. And if you need more than that, that is absolutely fine. 
Um, there are many people who do that for free. There are some people who have nominal fees that they, they charge for life coaching or for counseling. But um, there are some free counseling opportunities that you have to find. But make an appointment to talk to somebody to release your anger. Another thing that you need to do is if you're in a, a situation and it's heated, you're getting into an argument with somebody, because I want to say this, you know, most people have to interact with other people. And when they're interacting with other people, you may not be angry, but they may be angry. And so that exchange and that interaction and being in that close proximity can cause friction. And again, it's not about the other person. I want you to understand this. If you don't understand anything else, your enemy is not a person. Your enemy is what is going on inside of a person, the spirit that is ruling inside of a person. And again, we all have our struggles. But when you have a situation where you're in a close you know, environment with someone and it's getting a little heated, one of the things you can do is walk away. Again, with every solution, and this podcast is all about offering solutions, practical solutions, spiritual solutions, you have to always be mindful that there's a, you know, there's a good side to the solution and there's a side, one caveat or two that I need to offer. And that is when you walk away, be careful because you don't want to walk out your house at three o'clock in the morning because you're having an argument with your spouse. Are you having an argument with a sibling or a parent and then something worse happens? And I've seen news stories and tragic stories where that's happened. So you want to walk away if you can, but walk away if it's only in a safe place. You can walk to another part of the house and close the door and you can walk and, you know, outside if it's safe. You know, if you're going to get in your car and drive away, Make sure that you, you're trying to be calm because I've seen stories where people drive off and then they end up getting in an accident and they're emotional. And so you have to be very careful, but walk away. And um, if your life is threatened, you definitely need to get away. If you're in a situation where someone's angry with you, we talk about you being angry. But see, that anger can rise because we respond to what other people are doing. You do want to get away. You do want to deep breathe. You know, they say count to three, it really works. A count to 10 backwards, that stuff really does work. If you can count, deep breathe, count to one, going 10 up to one, go backwards and actually slow down and count. Deep breathe to get your blood pressure in control and maybe your blood pressure will normalize. But if you're feeling kind of frustrated or angry about something, again, sometimes we should be angry. The thing is, we cannot hurt people and others because we're angry. If somebody, you driving and somebody's on their cell phone and they hit your car, you're going to be angry. They hit your car, you are going to be angry, and you should, but you can't turn around and shoot them. You know, it can't be a road rage story. You can't kill them because they hit your car. That's what we have insurance for. And if you survive, be thankful to God. So, again, walk away, deep breathe. Talk to someone, find someone that you can talk to that is wise, that you can trust. I recommend an older person. If you're in a situation and you're angry and you can't leave that situation, like you're on your job, and I'm going to give you one of my examples. I'm going to make a confession. And you just can't leave and you got to deal with it. A strategy that I use is I call it channeling and I would change the channel. Now, I was a teacher for over 30 years and I'm going to be honest. 
at the during the last maybe 15 years of my career i i probably had talked too long and i would go to these faculty meetings and to me the faculty meetings were all about blaming teachers that wasn't the case all the time but that was the innuendo and the undertone of a lot of meetings and maybe it wasn't intentional and maybe it was just how i interpreted it i would be in the meeting and i never could understand we work all day we work for eight hours and if you've been a teacher and you listen as you understand the challenges of dealing with you know 25 26 27 personalities at one time in a classroom and you're dealing with that and you're dealing with the parents and you're dealing with the administrators and you're dealing with your co-workers it is a very challenging job and at one point the cdc said a high school teacher had the most stressful job in the nation and i was teaching during that time and i perfectly understood it but i would go to these faculty meetings and i'm thinking okay i've worked all day and i've done my best and yet it's still not enough and so i had to learn a strategy because i would sit there and internalize it and i found myself getting angry i found myself going home frustrated and angry that you know I'm and a lot of things I didn't agree with a lot of things. I thought things I was a teacher, I was practicing education. So I figured out, okay, this works and this is not gonna work. But some people come in, they read a book, they're talking about these theories, they have these people write these books who have never done what I've done, and then they're teaching us to teach these children in that way. And so we go to these faculty meetings and I find myself angry. But I learned how to change the channel. Sometimes I'd be in a meeting and I had imagined myself in Jamaica. I was on the beach in Ocho Rios. I was, I was somewhere else. I was in Senegal, I was in Rome. I was not in that faculty meeting. I had learned how to change the channel and you need to do that. Some people call it tuning out. Sometimes, you know, you cannot get out of that situation. You can't walk away. You can't drive away. You need your job or you have responsibilities. And that's just one part of your job. You may, you know, I love teaching. I actually could have taught for another 20 years, but I had to focus on people and not politics and that wasn't happening. So I had to go. But my point is that you got to change that channel if you're on your job. You can't get so angry when you go on your job and you hurt people because either they're not doing what you think they ought to do or things are not your way. And again, that's what you have happening every day on the news. How many times on the news have you heard someone go into their job with a gun and shoot and kill several people? And some of those people have nothing to do with the problem. Again, if you're not connected, you, you put yourself in a vulnerable position to not know how to manage that anger and not know how to deal with it and you end up going somewhere and hurting other people or hurting yourself, are you gonna get hurt? Because how many times has that happened and then the police had to shoot the killer or the alleged killer? That happens every single day. And ladies and gentlemen, it does not have to happen because God is real. And we, a lot of times people say they're atheists and they have all these you know, reasons why they don't believe in God, but they've never really tried God. You know, they've never really tried to connect on a level with God that they might try have tried to connect with human beings. You make that connection. And I'm going to tell you something. You'll see things in your life change and some things will happen on your job and you won't even be bothered. 
you God will start giving you a way to deal with that thing or come up with a plan for you to get out of that situation or he'll move those people. That's just how powerful God is. But you have to give it a try and you have to have patience and you have to understand just like you need patience and you need love. God is giving that to other people and you may not understand everything. But again, learn how to change the channel. So let's go over some of the strategies. Number one, talk to other people. You know, if you have to call a therapist, a life coach, a counselor, a psychiatrist, there is nothing wrong with that. I make the connection with God and talk to him and get quiet to listen. But if you need a human voice to give you real strategies, there's nothing wrong with that. Make sure you connect and call somebody. Walk away. If you can walk away safely, if you can get away from a situation peacefully and just leave that situation, do so. I know sometimes you cannot. Before you get yourself, you know, your spouse says something to you that's mean. Or your spouse, let's say, you know, I know people, they get paid and they spend all their money. They're not, they're not trying to, you know, think about, hey, we got bills to pay and you can't go out and buy this stuff that you want to buy. We need to save or we need to pay the bills first. And then you with that person. And before you know it, you're angry. You're frustrated. And you got to be careful because anger doesn't only explode where it's outwardly. Anger can implode. It can blow up inside of you. And when it blows up inside of you, I, I don't know which is worse, but that causes a lot of problems too. That causes people not to be able to sleep. That causes dis-ease and dis-ease causes disease. That is, they, they've made so many um, advances now. My stomach is growling. I hope y'all can't hear this on the, on the recording. I don't know why my stomach is growling. But, um, you know, they made so many, um, they've done so much research now and they've made the connection that there is a mind-body connection. There is, whatever's going on inside of you can actually impact your health. If you are stressed out, let me tell you, I've seen it up close and personal. Stress can make you sick. Stress can kill people. I have seen it. I'm a witness. I know that I know that I know you have to be mindful of what's going on inside of you because anger can implode and you can hold on that in and it can hurt you. And guess what? When you're gone and you've had that heart attack or that stroke, that other person is still on this earth living in life and doing whatever they did to make you angry. They're still going to do it when you're gone. That's, that's how it is, ladies and gentlemen. And so you have to really, again, make that connection, walk away, um, deep breathe. If it's like I said, if somebody hits your car and they want their cell phone and they weren't paying attention, that you're going to be angry. But you don't have to get out of your car and curse them out and get into an exchange that can lead to a more violent situation. You don't have to do that because you'll live. If they hit your car and you lived and they lived, then y'all good because those material things can be replaced. So deep breathe. Take a deep breath with your nose and exhale slowly through your mouth and do that over and over and over again until you feel yourself calming down. The other strategy was to, uh, we said, see somebody, walk away, deep breathe, change the channel. You know, again, sometimes you're angry and you're frustrated and you have these negative emotions and you can't walk away. You can't, you can't change that situation immediately. 
You're connected with God, but God has changed you and not the situation. So you have to sometimes, you just have to find a way to change that channel and have a place in your mind where you can go to, where you want to, you know, have your goals already in your mind and begin to imagine them. Another strategy, I've used this a lot, and I call them the power statements. Power statements empower me. And when I'm dealing with challenging people or difficult people or what I perceive as people who are short-tempered and nasty or negative, I have to tell myself, and sometimes I say it a lot, you don't determine my joy. You're not going to rob my joy. You 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 don't make me happy. And you're not going to make me sad. And so you have to say those things. I will rebuke you in the name of Jesus. If that's your power statement, I am not going to let you ruin my day. You have to come up with some power statements that you tell yourself because sometimes we are in relationships with people and they have difficult personalities. They're not as connected as we are. or They're not connected as all at all. And you can't just excommunicate yourself. You can't just say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with my child anymore. Or you may not want to say, you know, I'm just not going to deal with my spouse anymore. So you, and you know, you know how they are and you're connected. So you have to keep praying for them, but you have to also not let them rob your joy. You cannot let other people determine what mood you're going to have. And that's hard to do when you're living with a person or you have to deal with a person it may be a coworker, and you can't just, that coworker is not leaving. Your supervisor is not leaving and you can't leave. You're married, you have children, you have responsibilities. So you have to have the power statements. And my, you know, you, while you're on that job that is toxic to you, you could be telling yourself, I'm a multimillionaire and I help people. And if it's not, you not, you know, you can't make a million on that job, then you know, it's going to be another job. You know, I'm a, I'm a business mogul and I'm going to help people. If that's your power statement while you're working on your job and you're dealing with that, and you don't have to be angry because guess what? You know that that situation is temporal. Your anger does not have to become toxic and oppressive to you and implode or explode because you have a power statement, you have a plan, and you need to write some affirmations is what we call them. Um, some of you call them affirmations. I call them power statements. But what they do, they empower me. And you know, when I'm dealing with a situation with, a, with people that are short-tempered and nasty, I, I, sometimes I verbalize it aloud or sometimes the power statement is in my mind and I just stop thinking about them. I don't, I just, I don't, they don't even, it's like water over a duck's back. They do not bother me because I have that power statement. I deep breathe. I do all the things that I'm telling you to do. And the other thing is to help you with your anger is to give people what you need. You know, it's interesting how people want to hurt somebody else and the very thing that they're angry about and they want to hurt somebody else, they do they do that themselves. In other words, if you need grace in your life, give it to other people. You need, we need forgiveness. I need forgiveness, so I have to forgive others. I need compassion. So I have to give it to others. I need people to have patience with me. So I have to give it with others. That's again, everything that I tell you to do, you cannot do when you are not connected. It's just like that laptop. 
If that laptop is not connected to an electro, electrical uh, power source, only it's only the battery will only work so long. You're the same way. If you're not connected to the source of power, you may be able to function and exist, but you're not really going to live life to the fullest. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what the creator wants for you. That is really what God wants for you. And so all of those things. And then I want to talk about two more things before we wrap it up. The other thing is, you know, people, our emotions and our attitude and our values come from a lot of different things, what we experience and what we know and who we're around. And so what we experience sometimes comes from our ears and our eyes. What are we letting in our eyes? What are our eyes watching and what we're letting in our mind through our ears? Be mindful of the kinds of things you're watching and the kinds of things you're listening to. A lot of people say, well, I could just watch all this violence or I could listen to this music and it's not affecting me. It is. It is. Just think about it for a second. I listen. I watch YouTube and I watch. This is going to sound crazy, but I watch the um, Kennedy Center Honors um, that they did for Led Zeppelin, you know, the group from Britain. And I just I grew up. I was born in the 60s, and so I grew up listening to Led Zeppelin, and I love them. So I watched this, the, the, the Kennedy Center Honors, and it, the song, Stairway to Heaven. And that's, and when I, after I watched it, I could not get that song, the lady who sang the song in honor, the main song, Stairway to Heaven. I couldn't get that song out of my head. Just imagine if you're listening to a song, and it promotes violence. It glorifies killing people, cutting people, you know, stopping people. Uh, whatever term they use now for killing because they got all these different terms but and they and the music glorifies thugism and you know calling women all kinds of derogatory names that they should never be called and that it's it's all you know sex and there's no love and all this hedonism you listen to that over and over and over again i assure you friends it is going to get in you and what you don't know is that you will actually feel better if you stop listening to it. You might think, well, it's not affecting me. I like this. This helps me. Try not listening to it and try listening to something that is uplifting, that reminds you of the goodness of God and positive things. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, uh, you know, gospel music or religious music. It can just be positive music. There's some music out there. That's just positive. It just doesn't have a negative message to it. Try that and you will start to feel better. Now, if you listen to this stuff and it doesn't affect you, but you know what? Because of my business and I'm in a public place, I hear the conversations that people hear, hear, uh, have. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm wondering why in the world are all these people calling each other names? And this is just a regular conversation. You know why? Because every day, all day, that's what they listen to. If you heard in your music, you know, people calling other people to be word all day, every day, you'll just start calling people to be. And I see it happening. People think, oh, that's nothing. That's just what people say. It's just sick. It's wickedness. It doesn't have to be that way. We are not to be compared to a female dog in heat. That is not what God wants us to be. That's not who we are not a female dog in heat. So we shouldn't be you called that term. But people are doing that and it's casual, but they don't realize. Same thing with this music. It's making some people angry. It's making them walk around and 
you know, wanted to, you, you hear about all these killings and you wonder, God, you know, somebody stepped on your toe or somebody cut you off by accident in traffic and you want to kill them. Well, if you're listening to something that's telling you to do that all day, every day, and you're angry, not really about that, but about your life not being what you wanted to be, not having your way. And a lot of times people want things that they shouldn't have anyway. They want unnatural things. They want ungodly things because, again, their life is about the flesh. It's not about the spirit. It, they don't have the connection, but you can turn all of that around, and you'd be amazed when you make that connection, the things that you would desire. You will begin to desire the right things that are natural, that are godly, that are good. And so that's what that connection does. Watch what you listen to. And lastly, I want to say, be mindful of what you're intaking in your body. You know, um, this country is a you know country that celebrates drinking, and and I'm just you know and drugs. I mean, it's actually you can't even really watch a movie without seeing people drink in the movie and taking shots. And you don't you know when you really find out how bad you know it is to just take liquor and just throw it down your throat like that. That's so unnatural to drink something that way. And alcohol, or glad that's my stomach growling again. I hope you don't hear. You know, alcohol by itself is not necessarily bad. Unfortunately, you have a society and people who control selling this stuff, they kind of glorify it. You know, like drinking is something fun to do and, you know, it's a good thing to do. But there's a very dark side. And let me tell you, I've seen that up close and personal too. There's a very dark side to drinking and to overconsumption. And alcohol and, and drugs and all of these things and even our foods, they have chemicals. And when you start to get the wrong, intake the wrong things, it affects your brain, the chemicals in your brain. And so you have to be mindful. If you're feeling anxious or angry or uptight and frustrated, you have to ask yourself, what if I've been drinking? You know, there's, sometimes I've seen people drink and they just seem like a rabid animal. You know, they're just crazed, this rabid animal out of control. And then you wonder, okay, well, they just drank something. And this happens a lot where people, you know, they drink and they kind of, you know, go into this rage. Now, some would argue that they just hide behind alcohol. They just hide behind liquor. That they really enraged about other stuff, but they use the alcohol to kind of hide behind, you know, what they really want to do is act out or say something or do something to somebody. But I say... Be very mindful because if you do research, and they just came out with a study on this, and before they did, I mean, because of how I grew up, I already knew, alcohol changes the brain. And so you're dealing with strong chemicals. And I know, you know, some people, again, some people know how to just drink one glass of wine or a little alcohol, and they're fine. But I know a lot of people that can't do that. And those chemicals are changing your brain and changing how you behave. You know, you drink something. I, I didn't even know this, but a couple of years ago, 2020, did a very good special on, um, you know, drinking and college students and, and what happens to a lot of college students. And I did not know that alcohol can cause people to have like night terrors. There are people who are just, you know, they're drinking, they're out of control and they don't have any friends. So they just laid out in the middle of the street or they gone into somebody's house that's not their own house because they're inebriated. I have seen, again, up close and personal, 
the ugly side of alcohol. But the other side of alcohol is how it is personally affecting your physiological makeup. And some of that anger and frustration are those chemicals changing what's going on in your brain and your body. And I, you know, this is one of the things that frustrates me because again, it's not about having, not having a glass of wine. It's how alcohol is sort of celebrated and encouraged indirectly. And so people think it's perfectly okay. You start something and you don't really fully understand the consequences. But if you're a person and you've seen alcoholism up like I have up close and personal, it is ugly. And it's something that you don't want to do for so many reasons, but it does affect your emotions and your feelings and your values and your attitude. So I'm going to wrap this up and I just want to summarize what I've gone over. Again, if you have any questions, please, or any comments, please email me at badthoughttherapy at gmail.com. If you would like to discuss a topic, you'd like to have a show where we talk about something or you'd like me to talk about something, I would love to hear from you. Email me again at badthoughttherapy at gmail.com. This show has been about anger management. I want to wrap things up, but I want to share something going back to that Nigerian movie that I saw again. At the end of this movie, almost at the end, the young lady is able to escape with the help of these two men that even though they were captured and, and, and the people tried to radicalize them, they were not uh, men who would, would be involved with hurting women. They did everything they could to protect the women and to save the women, and they risked their lives to do that. And So at the end of the movie, the irony was when the young lady, the main character, got back home, Her father was upset, first of all, that when he found out she had a baby. First, he was happy she came back. But then when he found out she had a baby, he was angry. And it got worse. He got angrier when he found out that she had married and the baby was not a result of work, uh, was rape. There was never a time when she did had a chance to kind of explain, well, dad, I married. I fell in love. This guy tried to save my life. He saved me. That's how I got out of the compound. She never really had a time to sort of explain that um, her, because her father was just blinded by fury. He was angry. He was enraged. And so he led a mob to go and kill her, his daughter's husband and her, and her husband's best friend. And here's the irony. The guy that they killed at the end, the mob killed, he kind of got this mob stirred up because he was so angry. And he didn't hear his daughter out. And by the way, he was going to kill his own daughter and her and his grandchild. He had told his wife that he was going to kill his daughter and his grandchild. And that's why the daughter did one of the strategies. She ran away. She got away. Because she realized that he was going to kill her. She had to leave her mother. Her mother wasn't like that. But her mother would have chosen to follow the father. And she knew that. So the young girl, but this is the irony. This is where the movie got a little sad is that this mob killed the very person that saved the daughter's life. And he saved so many girls. He helped them escape. But a mob chased him down. And the way that he died, it was brutal. If that father had taken, first of all, the father had been connected. And he had been able to pause for a second and to pray and be and talk to God. 
and to deep breathe and walk away and think about it and listen. You know, one of the things, again, you know, God speaks to us. But we have to position ourselves and open our hearts and open our minds to live. He, listen, he might have seen that it was a blessing that his daughter had survived. She could have become an advocate to stop this terrorist group. This this movie is a dramatization, but it's based on true events, true things that are happening, real things that are happening in Nigeria right now. And they're happening really all over the world. It's not just Nigeria. And it even happens in the United States in some level or some form or fashion. And so if the father had done all these strategies, he would have been able to continue to love his daughter as he had before she was kidnapped. Because that's what the movie showed too, that her parents, the main character's parents, were very loving and nurturing towards her. I never thought about what happens when the men who are also kidnapped when they come back into society, when you know they escape or they try to come back. I never thought about the anger that some of the people feel in the villages, even though they might not have participated in this cruelty and this evil, or if they were forced to participate in it. I never thought about that. But that is another issue that they have right now because you have men that are trying to come back in society because they were forced to be a part of this and um, they might not have wanted to hurt anybody, especially the women, but that's what they did. And so that anger caused that father to be enraged, unchecked, unmanaged anger. He should have been angry that his daughter was kidnapped. He should have been angry about some things. I can see a parent being angry that their child's life didn't go the way they think it should have. But again, Anger by itself is not deadly and dangerous. It's what you do with it. What he did with his anger, because he didn't do anything we talked about. He didn't walk away. He didn't deep breathe. He didn't, most importantly, he didn't pray. He didn't listen. He didn't get away for a second. He was so enraged and he acted on his emotions without thinking, without changing the channel, without considering what his daughter had gone through because she went through a lot. Even though she was spared from rape, she watched her friend get stoned to death. All of these things, he didn't think about all that. He didn't give her the grace that he needed for himself and that he should have given. That guy, the main character, the main man that saved these girls, he was, I mean, it was brutal the way they killed him. It was absolutely brutal. And that is what is happening every day in our society, ladies and gentlemen. So I pray that you have gotten something from this particular episode that will help you manage your anger, control your anger. We all get angry and sometimes we should be angry, but we can use anger as a, a catalyst to help us change something that needs to be changed within ourselves, not just about changing things within others, but changing what is in us so that we can be better vessels used to building the kingdom of God. Well, thank you again for tuning in and just continue to soar. I'm Cherie Hardy. Have a good night.